0: The Vegas Golden Knights are the 2023 Stanley Cup champions. And is there anything they did in their playoff run that the Nashville Predators can take note of for when they're building their team? Plus, Peter Laviolette is now the head coach of the New York Rangers. What do we think of the former Preds coaches' fit in the Big Apple? Talking about it today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators,
1: your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We appreciate you guys making us your first listen today and a special hello To all you loyal Locked On Pred heads out there, the everydayers who tune in to us every single day, we appreciate your support as always. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime.
1: You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com.
0: Also want to mention today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook official sportsbook locked on make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started well the vegas golden knights are your stanley cup champions and it took a bloodbath to get there i mean it was not even
1: close and i really thought okay surely florida's gonna come out in this game and they're gonna dig in and vegas was having none of it. Like they would not even open the door a crack. Even when the game in the beginning was kind of close, it was so obvious that Vegas is like, no, I'm sorry. We said we're winning the Stanley cup tonight.
0: No, no, no. We're putting our foot down. (laughs) We are having a party on the strip, baby.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was one of those first off uh, when it was announced before the game, Matthew Kachuk was not Mm. playing. I think at that point I was like, all right, this, this is over. Yeah, Uh, not not that I think having Matthew Kachuk in the lineup may have made that much of a difference. But I think it certainly would have given Florida, I think, maybe a little bit more of a fighting chance just because I think he's kind of the one guy on the team that could go toe to toe uh, with, you know, some of Vegas's star guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's funny and how much, you know, momentum swing. I mean, Florida did come out out of the gate swinging. They had that big chance right at the beginning. Uh, Aiden Hill makes uh, a couple of incredible saves. And then in that same sequence, Mark Stone scores first. And I think from there, you could kind of tell like, okay, that felt like Florida's chance.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And I want to touch on the Matthew Kachuk thing too, because first of all, word came out, dude has a broken sternum.
0: Like, that's Hockey not man. okay. Hockey, man.
1: That is not okay. Um, oh, my gosh. But I agree with you. So much about Matthew Kuchuk has been magical for the Florida Panthers. He's definitely the guy. Like, he's the guy for the Panthers. He's the guy that can kind of rally the troops. He's the guy that can kind of get some things done. He's a momentum changer. He's a little bit of a game changer. But if you look at the way the Vegas Golden Knights were playing last night, I don't think Matthew Kachuk playing was going to stop this team. I mean, they were, like you said, you know, it's not that Florida didn't have their chances early, but it was like Vegas had just decided. Yeah, It was almost like they just decided, you know what, guys, no matter what gets thrown at us, we are simply going to put our heads down and get this done tonight here in Vegas. And like, Let me shout out to Aiden Hill because Aiden Hill last night had the game that every like nine-year-old hockey goaltender pretends that they're having, you know, where they're like, playing street hockey. And they're like, you know, it's like the Stanley cup finals and I've got to make the big save. Otherwise my team's not going to win it. But if I do, we're going to come away champions. That is exactly the game Aiden Hill had. I mean, some of those saves, I was like, you are the nine-year-old boy living your best dream right now. Just an incredible performance by him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, those early saves kind of shifted things. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's certainly some things that went Vegas's way to that second goal. Which I think kind of wound up being the backbreaker. Which it looked like Bobrovsky was on top of that, and then a little poke mm-hmm. from Jack Eichel. Uh, I think the I mean, there's nothing to you know review or overturn, but I think Florida's argument was okay. Was kind why, of why didn't you make the whistle there? Can we incredible. talk about
1: whistles and Stanley Cup Finals? Because I think the yeah. National Predators would like a
0: moment. Yeah. <laughs> but if Kevin Pollock was, the <laughs> <laughs> trust me, that would that not happen. dead, yeah. Uh, but I think it's uh, that's you know certainly a break that didn't go Florida's yeah. way. Uh, you also have uh, you know Colin White injuring himself on the play and Mm. breaking his stick. And that was that extended kind of five on four that led to uh, the four, one goal, which I think, you know, the the Florida guys were stuck on that ice for about two minutes. And I think at that point, you know, once they, once they capitalized on that, like I think I was watching that whole sequence and, and I was thinking if Vegas scores here, like it's done. Yeah. And then sure enough, that's what happened.
1: Yeah, we were watching that. And I said to my husband, it's inevitable. Like as we're watching that very play, I'm like, I'm telling you, Vegas is going to score. It is inevitable because there is only so much that Sergei Bobrovsky can do in a situation like that with that kind of exhausted guys in front of you. And the way Vegas was just churning and moving the puck and and pressuring, it was inevitable. And I agree with you. I feel like when that goal was scored, it was almost like the deal was done and there were still plenty of goals left to be scored in the game, rest assured. But that really felt like a backbreaker for Florida.
0: Yeah. Uh, Credit to the Panthers. uh, Great season, Mm -hmm. you know, great, gritty playoff run. I think there's a lot of people in South Florida that will be happy with the memories. Uh, They made second uh, title loss. In as many days for people in South Florida, yeah. but both—it's funny. Both eight seeds, both mm-hmm. teams that a lot of people were kind of expecting more from during the season and underachieved, but then got hot late. You know, showed potentials of what they were. I just think for the Florida Panthers fan base, you know, you look at this team, you know, maybe you overachieved a little bit. I think the biggest thing was they just ran into the one team in the Vegas Golden Knights that Florida style of play was kind of immune to. And it reminds me a little bit, and of that Predators avalanche series from last year, you know, Florida and Nashville who are like two teams that, you know, value physical presence, like to check to, you know, force people into mistakes, strong for checking all of that. And then you get into a team that also does that quite well, Mm -hmm. but also has the speed to just be like, yeah, nah, we're not playing that game today. Uh, and it, and it kind of reminds me of, you know, back in the day, uh, Sean Smith and I, who's now at penalty box radio, you know, back on the old, on the four check podcast, we were talking about this and it's like, you can't hit what's not there. Yeah. Like, like, you know, you can be like the team that loves to check and finish checks and all that good stuff. But if you can't catch the guy that you're trying to hit, that's all for moot. That's a move. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what you see from Vegas, because you're right. They still have that like grit play, that physical play. Like they have the players that can do that, but they also don't have to rely on that. And I think that's a huge difference when you're looking at like the Nashville Predators and you're looking at the Vegas Golden Knights, because Vegas has this really well-rounded skill set on their team where they can play that game if they need to and do very well with it, but they may not need to. And I think that's what Florida ran into. Like we can play that game and compete with you, Florida, if we have to, but we just don't have to because we can outskate you. And like, there's definitely a takeaway for the Nashville Predators as you look at that series and you see how Vegas did against that style of play. Like, can we please learn
0: from what others are going through? Here's an interesting question I want to ask. Mm -hmm. How much of this do you think is that old argument of, oh, yeah, Vegas is, uh, you know, they're they're here because the NHL gifted them all the players. Uh, Basically, do you think the NHL made it easy for them to get here as an expansion team?
1: Okay, we I mean, we just have to be honest about what's real. Like, let's just be honest about what's real in the sense that when Nashville was pulling players to put together their team as an expansion team. The pool was very different. What they could draw from was very different. Like Vegas had, um, they just had this buffet of players, this, you know, Ruby Tuesday's buffet of players that they could choose from as opposed to like the Nashville Predators were picking from like a, a little bit lesser, like I'm not trying to rip on Shoney's, but like maybe like a little bit of a Shoney's kind of uh, buffet to choose from. So I do think Vegas had an advantage.
0: It, is Ruby Tuesday an upgrade from Shoney's?
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Have you been? Have you seen their salad bar? They're like, to, no,
0: no, I've been to a Ruby Tuesday. I just didn't think that was like the high end thing you were going with.
1: I don't get out so far. Th- me-
0: yeah, I thought you were going to be like Morton's Steakhouse as opposed to Show Me's. I know. Not-
1: Morton, I'm not familiar with Morton Steakhouse. Do they have like a great buffet, like great I salad? That, bar? I don't
0: know. I've never been rich enough to go into a Morton Steakhouse, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this, it seems like Shoney's to Ruby Tuesday is like a sl- maybe a slight upgrade.
1: Okay, here's what's real about Ruby Tuesdays. They make their own croutons. And that, my friends, is next level. Like the, their croutons are the Jack Eichel of buffets. So it's they're like uh, brown bread, and I think they deep fry them. So that's what makes it next level.
0: I'm not sure. Uh, for the record, we are not sponsored by Shoney's. Everybody, this is not this Wait, is look, not it or, or Ruby Tuesday or Morton Steakhouse. Uh, <laughs> but if if any PR person from those three firms is listening, we would love to have you. We will edit out everything bad and just said about <laughs> that. <laughs> that's anyway, right. That sponsorship. Yeah. Um, another question that maybe ties in uh, mm-hmm. to what we we're just talking about is: Can the Predators? take some lessons from the Vegas Golden Knights Cup run. Is there anything that Barry Trotz can look at watching the series and be like, you know what? This is what we need to do moving forward. We're going to talk about that coming up in just a second. But first want to mention today's show is sponsored by not Shoney's, but it is sponsored by FanDuel. Make your way to FanDuel right now because new customers get a no sweat First bet up to $2,500. Again, that's $2,500 back in your pocket in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel has a bunch of creative bets that you can choose from on a variety of sports. Hockey and basketball are over now, but there's still plenty of great bets that you can make on baseball, football, uh, soccer, golf any sort of event that you can think of FanDuel has some great options for you there are great promotions every day and all of this happens on their safe and secure app that's easy to use and gets you your winnings instantly that's why there's no better place to bet on all the sports action than america's number one sports book try it yourself visit fanduel.com locked on get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars again fanduel.com locked on fanduel official sports betting partner of the NBA and official partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Ann, let's say the Nashville Predators watching the Vegas Golden Knights dominate mm-hmm. uh, the Stanley Cup finals. I think we can agree maybe one of those one-sided finals we've seen yeah, in quite yeah. some time. Is there anything that stands out to you that if you're Barry Trotz, you're looking at and think this is how we are going to build a winning team?
1: There is, and I hate it. So let me just preface it by saying, I think there's definitely some takeaways for Barry Trotz and I hate it, but I do think when you look at what the Vegas Golden Knights have done, how they put this team together, I think it is not sentimental. It's the only way I know how to describe it because you have a, a GM and you have an ownership group that is making like hard business-based decisions about the construction of their team. They are not sentimental. And it reminds me like a little bit of the movie Moneyball, where, you know, you have this baseball team that is not making decisions based on sentimentality, based on player reputation, based on anything other than the fact that what decisions make the best business sense? What decisions are going to lead to success the fastest? And, and, I think you can see that Vegas did that. I will tell you that I am very afraid and also hopeful, but still afraid that Barry Trotz is going to do the same thing. Because if you look at some of the decisions that are on his plate, as far as like, will Barry Trotz trade UC Soros? You know, the the hockey sentimentality fan in me is like, don't you dare trade UC Soros. He needs to retire as a predator. But you look at what Vegas did, and they're going to make the best business decision. And that's where I think, you know, a lot of teams have to look at Vegas and say, you know, you've got to make hard choices. You cannot base what you do on sentimentality. And I'm not saying that that's what the Predators have always done. If that were true, Matthias Ekholm would still be here, friends.
0: Yeah. And I think that is something that David Poyle was was good at doing in his mm-hmm. peak. I think maybe the reason that, you know, it got down to the stretch is he kind of stopped making those moves and, and played a little bit more passive. I don't know if it's, you know, sentimentality versus business decision or anything like that. And mm-hmm. I just think Vegas was very aggressive. Yes. In making the move. We always talk about, you know, it's like, whoa, if there's a big free agent on the market. That means Vegas is going to be signing them or, oh, this once in a lifetime player is on the trade block. Vegas is going to make a move, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's kind of become that running joke and they're able to make those moves because they're constantly moving people in and out of that roster. And that's something that I like about them uh, is, you know, there's mentioned there's only six of the original misfits as they call them from that original team. There's been so much roster turnover because they've been, you know, they've, they've kind of had to be, you know, they've been aggressive in moving people in, but they've also been aggressive at moving people out either right. a, if because they need a, the cap space or uh, maybe they're, they're not as right of a fit as they used to be, you know, you know, that's they had Mark Andre Fleury during a, a year in which he won the Vezina trophy and they still brought in Robin Leonard. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had, you know, Max Pacioretty an elite scorer on the wing uh, and they still went off and started taking swings at other people that brought and Jack Eichel after already trading for a lot of first round guys. They just kept acquiring people that are like, this is somebody that we think is an upgrade from who we are now. We're going to bring them in. We will worry about moving some other piece out when mm-hmm. we cross that bridge. Uh, and, and I, you know, a lot of people point out their cap circumvention that it kind of took to make it happen, uh, yeah. A lot of people, you know, say, "Oh, they're in a possible cap situation now." Let's point and laugh. Everybody talks about the Evgeny Dadonov thing last year. You know, the mm-hmm. trade that didn't work out allowed them uh, or prevented them from bringing up a couple of people off injured reserve, and everybody's like, "Ha ha, this is right." Gotcha. For this move, but they always seem to find a way to make it work. Not unlike what the Tampa Bay Lightning did. For their mm-hmm. two Stanley Cups, you know, they always found a way to kind of make it work and give themselves the best possible roster to win. And I think that's that's sort of the thing that I, you know, Barry Trotz isn't probably going to get to this point for a few years, but mm-hmm. when the time comes, be aggressive in upgrading. Even if you've got, you know, salary locked up in a bunch of other guys, if there's a guy that you look at and it's like, this is like, the star like this is this is something that's a perfect fit we need to get him he makes our team better even if you're like up against the cap or you have you know a boatload of top nine players sign him anyway yeah figure out a way to move that cap do what you have to do to you know move salaries somebody else off the roster do what you need to do to make it happen Vegas did that and I think that's one thing uh the Preds can learn
1: yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's hard to watch as a fan, but I think you see you've got to you've got to be able to make those hard decisions and make them quickly. Like yep. you gotta you gotta go.
0: Yeah. The other thing for me, Anne, is mm-hmm. in terms of the style of play. Let's go. And that is, and there's two things that stand out to me. One is speed. And yep. again, I think you heard Barry Trotz mention it. Uh in his year end press conference, it's like speed is kind of the way the direction is going. like you can have all of these different traits. You can be physical, you can have guys that are aggressive at four checking, guys that play in your face. The trump card is speed, yes, and any team with as much speed as Vegas had again- again, it's like you know they had guys. You know, they talk about, you know, the size advantage that, you know, Vegas had at points. They had guys that were 6'4", but they also had guys that were 5'8", 5'9", that were making the same type of plays. And it's funny, whenever Vegas or whenever Florida had the puck, you always saw just like five guys. It always seems like there's five guys between that puck and the goal they couldn't
1: get close yeah yeah
0: and no matter how like who had the puck no matter where the puck was there's all these people just swarming at all times and florida just didn't have the speed to break that to get around that Mm -hmm. that that's the type of speed you need to play you you have ability to go chase pucks in the offensive zone uh we saw that a bunch especially that four on one or that four one goal play that we talked about earlier Um, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the the thing for for Vegas that that stands out,
1: and I love that we're hearing Barry Trotz talk about it because I think for so long the Predators were really focused on that grit, that forechecking, that hard style of play, and while it may work. In certain situations, the league is, you know, Barry Trost said, look, the league is moving towards speed. You know, you can still have those elements of your game, but you have got to have speed. And it's something he's really highlighting. And I think it's something the Nashville Predators are absolutely going to have to pivot on. They're going to have to make that the priority you know, he called out by name, Ryan Johansson. Johansson, you're a little bit slower. You got to get faster. You know, we're going to be looking at players like Luke Evangelista. I think about a depth piece like Kiefer Sherwood. You know, that's a that's a kid who can skate.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, he's got speed. So I think Barry Trotz is going to be looking for different things like that. And it would be really exciting to see the Predators kind of hang on to some of that forecheck grit physicality thing with a couple of players. But let's pivot and really build around and highlight and develop players that can compete speed wise, because I agree with what Sean Smith said, you know, you're not going to forecheck what you can't catch. And that's just the way the league is going.
0: And the other thing that I think the the league is going and we saw with Vegas, it's a four line league.
1: It is a four line. You got to
0: be able to roll out all four lines in any situation. You know, you look at Vegas doesn't matter if it was their, their top line, which was, you know, Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marchessault. it doesn't matter if it was their fourth line, which is Nicholas Wap, Keegan Colasar and Will Carrier. Whenever, whoever was out there, they did the same thing, which is just yeah. relentless offensive pressure. You saw guys from all four lines score critical goals, this playoff series that's you gotta roll out all four lines equally, or at least have the option, like be able to do all four lines mm-hmm. equally. And uh, you know, we've talked about this so many times. You know, David Boyle in that one interview where he with Robbie Stanley, where he's talking about you know Ellie Tolvin and success in, in Seattle, and yes, he said, Well, it's because Seattle, you know, does you know they they kind of roll out all four lines equally, and, and we don't, and that's kind of the thing, it's like. It's we working try. for them. Maybe you should try that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. There, The, the era of, you know, having a, an outrageously great top six that's going to carry you all the way through the postseason, I think that era is kind of coming to an end. You have got to have... All four lines, you've got to have lines that are not just going out there, taking up ice time so the stars get a rest. Like, you have got to have contributions up and down the lineup. And it's got to be things like speed. You know, the Nashville Predators a lot of times relied on some of their, you know, third, fourth line guys for the physicality. That's great, but you've got to have school goal scorers. You've got to have guys that can chase the puck and get and get there. So yeah. I agree
0: with you. It's a four-line league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another bit of news mm-hmm. that it uh, happens to involve the Nashville Predators, sort of uh the New York Rangers have a new head coach. It's Peter Laviolette. Our old buddy, Anne.
1: Yeah, Peter Laviolette. How about that? Now what is interesting is it sounded like the two that were very seriously considered were, of course, Peter Laviolette <laughs> La who got the gig.
0: John Hines,
1: John Hines, y'all are welcome in New York, you know? So, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Peter Laviolette named the head coach of the Rangers. What is your feeling on this, Nick?
0: I mean, it's a good fit for what the Rangers want to do. I mean, you look at kind of his track record and it's taking teams that can't get over that hump and finding ways to kind of get them to play in a way that does get them over that hump kind of bring out the best versions of themselves uh he's also uh done very very well when he's had really good goaltending he's got igor shesterkin who my opinion might be the best goalie in the nhl right now not named uc Saros. uh and i think he's going to have an opportunity to kind of take that team uh and you know find a way to get them to play together in, in a in a system that helps highlight everybody's strengths and what's the one thing we always talk about Peter Laviolette when it comes to offense he is YOLO man <laughs> go out there take as many chances as you want put the pressure on yeah it's absolutely just make it rain in the offensive zone yep he's got guys like Artemi Panarin who I yeah. think are going to have some big years and I you know, you look down their lineup at, at guys like Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco. I think that might help them a little bit too.
1: I agree with you. And I, and I do think Peter Laviolette is an interesting head coach guy because he's not somebody that you necessarily think of as he is a brilliant developer of young talent. He is a brilliant this, that, or the other thing. I think he's a guy who is, who can take a team that's, got a decent roster, like you said, and he can kind of blue collar that team into a winner. And I think he's got a really good roster in the New York Rangers. And And I agree with you. I think what he can do, he's going to elevate some of these guys play. I think he's going to find a way to get them more involved, but I don't think you're looking at a coach who's going to come in and feel like he's got to tear it down or he's got to reset everything. Like he's kind of the guy that's going to, um, like sledgehammer this team into the next thing they need to be. Like he's more of a blacksmith than like a glassblower kind of guy.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm mean, interested to see how it works for New York. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What is your favorite Peter Lovulet memory when with him here in Nashville? Do you have like a favorite lobby moment?
0: Uh, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that Halloween where he came out uh to the press dressed in like that werewolf mask and then just yes. didn't say anything about it and he's just like standing there looking at reporters and he's like does anybody have any questions <laughs> I, no i think it was adam vinger who finally said like what's the mask what you doing yeah, what, yeah. what's what's all this then
1: yeah, that seems I, you know, what's so funny is that's one of the first ones I think of too. And it seems so outside my, it's, it's such a, a disconnect from what I really think, like what you think of with Peter Lavulette But yeah, I think about that. And I love uh, the moment and just saw some highlights of this as we were looking back at the 2017 Cup run where the Predators realized they're going to the Stanley Cup finals and seeing his excitement on the bench was huge. Because when I think of Peter Laviolette and emotions, I think of generally one emotion and it's not excitement necessarily.
0: Right, bitch face.
1: It's that it's outside voice. I think Peter Laviolette is more of an outside voice kind of coach. And especially when it comes to, you know, chatting with referees. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I love looking back at that moment and like looking at like, okay, this is a guy who is so excited about what his team did. It was really fun to see that side of him, but yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see what he can do with this Rangers team. It's an interesting Rangers roster. I, yeah. I think he's got a lot to work with. So there may be some good things happening there.
0: Yeah, I think he's got a better opportunity in New York, maybe than he did with Washington. And, you know, as much yeah. as Washington hasn't really been able to, to find that magic uh, from a few years ago, should be pointed out that Alex Ovechkin has refound his form and has become a consistent 50-goal-a-year guy with Laviolette. So you look mm-hmm. at somebody like Artemi Panarin or, you know, some of the other offensive young stars yeah. they have on that team i think you're going to see some uh, a lot of goal scoring
1: there. yeah we'll, we'll see what happens yeah we'll be watching peter
0: yeah uh and where can people find your work
1: you can find my work online at inside you can find me on twitter at ann k
0: underscore mama on Ice. You can find me at penlyboxradio.com or follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Also, be sure to follow the podcast LO underscore Predators and follow us on Facebook, Locked on Predators. We would love to have your support. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back with an all new episode tomorrow.